Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. We all stand as we read God's Word. Yeah, we can celebrate that great story of God's redemption. (laughs) Hebrews 9.12, with His own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, He Entered the most holy place once and for all time and secured our redemption forever. This is a big verse right there. There's a lot, a uh, lot of significance uh, in these three sentences. Let's let's read it again. With his own blood, it's the blood of Jesus, not the blood of goats and calves. He entered the most holy place once and for all time and secured our redemption forever. You see, in the Bible, uh, blood represents. Uh, death suffered, but also life given. And that's what Jesus did. He gave His life. And it's not the bloods of goats and calves. In the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, it was goats of animals that would cover the sins of the people. But the most holy place was only for one person once a year to go in. And there was this veil. It's about, they say, somewhere between 60 centimetres thick uh, that would protect that holy place And Jesus ripped that veil through His death and resurrection and made us all accessible. He redeemed us to have a relationship with our Father in heaven. Father, we we take a moment and thank You for the redemption through Jesus Christ. This is a significant message that we've been changed forever. And let this message of redemption go deep into our heart. Let us be forever grateful in Jesus' Name. Everybody said Amen. You may be seated. So what is this big word called redemption? Well, I'm going to go a little teachy for a moment, uh, a little deep in Scripture. Is that okay? Uh, Redemption comes from a Hebrew word, lutrosis. Lutrosis. It means ransoming, deliverance. It means to buy out. So at 18, I had a Holden Tirana and it four on the floor, man, it had the big exhaust and I, I love the Tirana. And uh, I, I actually lost control and drifting around a corner and flew off the embankment of the road. And unfortunately, I flew off into the downside of the embankment and so gathered speed, couldn't break on the grass and drove into a house. Now, you know when you say you drove into a house, like you hit the house or drove into a car? I actually drove into the living room. Like I was in the living room. I look over and there's a guy watching TV on his chair. And this house was sort of a wooden structure. It was on stilts. So powerful was the force, it shifted it off the foundations. And so it was a structural problem now. And when we went through the insurance process, it was actually $100,000 plus to rebuild this house back on the foundations. And this is 30 years ago. So that was like a million dollars today. And I had Suncorp with me. And the problem was, when I put in the policy, I may not have told all the details of what had been done to the modification of the car. I might not have mentioned the bigger tyres and all the changes that had happened. And so when you fill out that policy, it's important what you do, right? Because it came back and because the car was modified, I wasn't covered. Yeah. You feel that pain, hey? Um... 
What, what, what am I going to do? 18, I've got nothing. Nothing to my name. Um, maybe some PK chewing gum in my pocket. That's about it. You know, I was just young. I was hitchhiking around Australia on a gap year. And what am I going to do? And it was stressful and sleepless uh, as, as a young 18-year-old deciding my future. And it was a pretty big case for some reason. The manager of Suncorp came in to oversee the, the situation because the numbers were so big. And uh, praise the Lord, uh, they decided to wipe my debt and to cover the cost of the renovation of the house I look back and think, it's because they knew I wouldn't get it out of me anyway, because I didn't have anything to give. But the guy said, look, we're about people, not policies. And uh, I never forget that meeting with that manager and the, and, and the weight that was lifted off. Uh, to me, that's always been an image um, of redemption. that I couldn't pay and they stepped in and paid for me. But that's just a small image. Imagine if we had a death penalty. Imagine if we were going to the gallows, we, 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 you know, we were going to the chair, we, our life was over, yet someone stepped in and pardoned us. This is this big weighty concept of redemption. The entire Bible is a story of redemption. Whereas Marty said last week, the fall of man in the garden, God's been working hard ever since to redeem mankind back to us. And I think this is the central theme that we can never forget as Christians. We can't let church or relationships or work or callings, they're all great. But we must always be focused on redemption. That's the heart of our God. And so why do we need redemption? Well, one of the travesties of this life in a broken world is this thing called slavery. And it's just horrific that people are bought and sold like commodities or animals. And what's horrific about slavery is there's no way out. You can't escape it. Even today, the, the sexual slavery industry is appalling. And, and, and what breaks my heart of slavery is there's no plan B. There's no way out. There's no phone a friend. There's no option. You, you are just stuck. And so redemption in, in the Bible, it refers to this process of paying the price to free a slave. And through the death and resurrection of Christ, we're free because we were all slaves of sin. Galatians 4, 7, now you're no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you're His child, God has made you His heir. So not only are we born out of slavery, but we're put back into our original purpose, which was to be an heir with Christ, a son and a daughter of God. That is great news. Romans 3.23, for everyone has sinned. We've all fallen short of God's glorious standard. Now, the Greek word for sin is hamarisha, hamariha. It means to miss the mark, to violate the divine law. James 2.10 says, For the person who keeps all of the laws except one is as guilty as a person who's broken all the laws. And so, so often we say, look, you know, I might not be perfect, but I'm better than that guy. 
You know, I might not have it all together, but I'm not as bad as her. And so we often judge those around us based on this scale that we think we're better. But the actual fact, if we've broken one law, we're all as guilty and as bad as each other. And so we're all slaves. We're born into slavery, this thing called sin, because of Adam and Eve's decision in the garden. What do we do with this sin? What do we do with this weight? And 1 John 1.8 says, If we claim we have no sin, we're fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. And ultimately, Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. So all of us need to be redeemed. We get that, right? The whole humanity needs to be redeemed. So how are we redeemed? Three thoughts. Number one, redemption needs a cross. Everything in Christianity ultimately points to the cross because it's the cross that sets us free from slavery of sin. God sent Jesus to redeem us. And part of that plan was to die on the cross as payment for our sins. The Lamb of God, holy, pure, unblemished, was sacrificed, not just to cover our sins, but to forgive our sins. Let's pick up the story of Jesus on the cross in Luke 23. Two other men, both criminals, were also uh, led out with Jesus to be executed. And when they'd come to a place called the skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on the right and one on the left. So in Rome, there were many ways to execute, but uh, crucifixion on the cross was the most severe and the most costly. It was very labour intensive. It took four Roman soldiers and one centurion. And it would often last several days. The victim was stripped naked, publicly humiliated. The nails in the wrist severed the large median nerve, which produced excruciating bolts of fiery pain into both arms. And to breathe, you'd have to pull up on your arms and push on your feet so that you could get a breath into your lungs. And this went on for days. The cold at night as you were stripped naked was just excruciating and pain. And the sun bearing down on you all day was just would actually send people mad, they would say. Without water, they would literally go mad. Birds would come and peck their defenceless faces. All the while people are walking by and mocking. Just a horrific, horrible, uh, pure evil. Verse 39, one of the criminals who was hung there hurling insults at Jesus, aren't aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him, saying, don't you fear God, he said? Since you're under the same sentence, we are punished justly, for we're getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing Wrong. How wise those words are from a criminal hanging on the cross. He got it. He understood it. Number one, redemption needs a cross. Number two, redemption needs repentance. We want to build this culture and elevation of humility, of repentance, of a desperation for our God, that without Him we're nothing. And we never lose that. We never think we're better than we are. We stay humble as a church, humble as a people, loving, kind, generous, caring, because repentance puts this humility in our hearts. And we live in a world today that doesn't have humility. 
Uh, we live in a world today that they actually don't think they've done anything wrong. We live in a world today that can't even use the sin word. It, it's unaccepted. Although we still have the sin bin. I thought Para was going down with that sin bin, but they came back. There is redemption in the name of Jesus. I thought the sin bin was going to burn them, but that's all right. The grace of God covered the eels. They came back and won. But most people don't like to be named bad, sinful. But the truth is, that's what we are. Now, instead of repenting, I see this in the modern culture, even as Christians, we deflect, we blame, you know, we accuse, we, we point the finger, um, or, 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 or we say, look, it's, you know, it's because of my upbringing, or it's because of, you know, someone did something to me, and uh, I, I, we need to own the fact that we're all sinners. We need to own the fact that we need a Saviour. Romans 3.23, for everyone has sinned. We've all fallen short of God's standard. And so repentance can only happen when you recognise you're a sinner. Until you see your sinfulness, you won't see your need for a Saviour. And I want to ask the church to continually have that attitude of we need a Saviour. We, we need Jesus Christ every day. God, God, forgive me. God, God, I repent. I, I'm, help me. Change me. God, I need you. I depend upon you. And Jesus was hanging on this cross with two criminals. It was fascinating to me. Both were guilty and both had the same opportunity to repent, but only one did and the other didn't. And how often can we, even as Christians, go through life and sometimes someone next to us may see a revelation or see the heart of God or experience His presence or His goodness. And, and, and others of us, we might be a bit hard-hearted, not hear it, not see it. Two men beside Jesus with the same opportunity, one repented and one didn't. Repenting reminds us that we're bad and God's good. Repenting reminds us that we need God every day that we need is saving grace, that on our own, we are nothing. We can't even breathe a breath without the power of God. We are created. We are His creation. We are here for His glory and for His honour. And redemption starts with repentance. And finally, redemption determines eternity. And he said, this criminal, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered, this is a, a most amazing life-giving sentence from the words of Jesus that can give us all hope and confidence. Truly, I tell you, today you'll be with me in paradise. Hang on a minute. Today you didn't get baptised. You, know, you didn't put your hand up in the service. You didn't go to church. You didn't give. You, you didn't get your life right. You didn't fix up all your deeds and, 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 and you know, fix up all your problems. It was one decision away that this man was saved, this criminal, and headed to eternity. One moment of repentance brought redemption. Now, deeds don't save us. Only repentance can save us. And it's never too late to repent. The guy's about to die, hours away, hanging on the cross, and he makes it. I love that hope for our family, our parents, our, our, our loved ones, this world that there is hope for every person, that Jesus is one decision away. The criminal on the cross couldn't perform good works. His hands were tied. He couldn't turn over a new leaf. He was just dying in a few hours. He couldn't join a church, couldn't get off the cross. Yet he was saved. 
Psalms 103.10, He does not punish us for our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For His unfailing love towards those who fear Him is as great as the heights of the heavens above the earth. We talked about that in week one. That's pretty high. And He's removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. Good people don't go to heaven. Forgiven people go to heaven. We, We don't go to heaven because we're good. We can only get to heaven because He, He is good. Jesus is our wonderful Redeemer. Instead of just remaining on the throne, He decided to hang on a cross. Instead of wearing a golden crown, He wore a crown of thorns. Instead of being surrounded by servants, He was surrounded by sinners and criminals. He's innocent and deserved to live, but for us, He was willing to die. Let's all stand and we're going to sing this song. We're no longer a slave to sin because of our Redeemer, Jesus Christ. Think today where you would be without Christ. What's the trajectory of your life? Where would you be without His loving and saving grace, without His ability to redeem us? Imagine with me for a moment, if Adam didn't sin. And imagine if the garden, Eve sinned, Adam wasn't there and God walked with Adam and said, buddy, I got some painful bad news. Because of Eve's sin, she has to die. That's the price that has to be paid. How sad Adam would be. The Bible says that Jesus is the second Adam. And the church, we are His bride. And I wonder if God had that same conversation with Jesus. Look, I'm sorry, your bride has sinned. And the penalty is death. And Jesus, with His great love for His bride, that's for you. He said, I'm going to do something about it. Came down from heaven was all man and all God, lived a perfect life, died and rose again so you could be redeemed. So I could be redeemed. How could we ever take that lightly? How could we ever take for granted that we've been redeemed? And maybe today you're not redeemed. Maybe you're like that criminal on the cross. You've done life your own way. You never recognised the need for a Saviour. Today's your day to be saved. With eyes closed and heads bowed, that's why you're here, to be redeemed. That's the whole purpose of the Gospel, to see people saved. That's the reason we exist as a church, to expand His Kingdom on earth by seeing people come to Christ. Today, you want to be redeemed. You want to know your eternity is secured in heaven. You want to be forgiven. Would you boldly raise your hand and say, yeah, Miles, that's me. I I want to be saved. I, I want to be redeemed. Thank you. I see your hand. You can put it down. Others of you. There is no other way. I wish there was. There is no other way. There is no plan B. There is no other option. It is only Jesus that can redeem us. And all of heaven declares His glory. And He loves you enough that He's searching, seeking. He's, He's hunting after you. 
Others today, would you raise your hand and surrender to Jesus Christ to be forgiven, to be redeemed, to be set free, no longer a slavery to sin, no longer dictated by the enemy of this world, Satan. You can be set free by the power of Jesus Christ and be an overcomer. Just raise your hand and say yes to Him. Thank you, I see your hand. Thank you, I see your hand. Others, come on, raise That's why we're here. Let's put our life right with God. Let's deal with this. Let's deal with it now. Let's not put it off. I don't know why we just put stuff off in this day and age. Let's confront it. Let's pick up the phone. Let's make the call. Let's do it right here, right now. Surrender your life to Jesus Christ. Raise your hand with these others and we'll pray. Let's pray this prayer out loud together with those making the decision to be redeemed. Let's all pray. Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need a Saviour. Save me. Because of Jesus, I can be saved. I receive that salvation today. In Jesus' Name. Now we can all sing this song with faith, with confidence. We're no longer a slave. We've been set free.